What's up, party people? We're back. Episode 17 of the Elevated Transmissions podcast. This episode is with my man, Phil Peroni. Uh, He's of the band Juju. He also is the brains, one of the many brains, but maybe the main brain behind the Desert Days Festival in Joshua Tree. Uh, They just announced their full lineup and it is lit AF. Everyone should be going to this festival. Highly endorse it. Uh, I think it's a great thing that they're doing. I was there last year. I've been there a few years, actually. Um, been involved with, yeah, playing that festival, working with that festival for a few years now. And I can only say great things about it. And about Phil. He's a good dude. He is... A hard-working motherfucker. He has the festival. He has a band. He has a booking agency. He has a beautiful rock and roll family. It's a pretty cool thing, man. It's inspiring to see someone working so hard to, um, you know, progress the culture forward and just do cool stuff for cool people. And uh, it's an honor to be involved with him. And the festival, Desert Days, I'll be there this year. It's going to be a great time. Um, Yeah, if you're thinking, if you're on the fence about going, I can only say take the plunge because it will be worth it. Even if to just go to Joshua Tree. Not to mention Iggy Pop and, you know, the other countless amazing acts that are on the lineup this year. Um, Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really great. His band, Juju, is amazing. Uh, we talk a little about that. We talk about the festival. Uh, he's got some great picks, some great selections uh, of songs for this episode. We had to cut a little short because, like him, I am a busy man, and he had things to do, and it was his birthday, so I didn't want to keep him too long uh, while he had a million things to do and then also a birthday to celebrate. So we keep it kind of short and sweet. Got a few tracks in inter- mingled with the conversation and then a little uh bulk mix at the end of the rest of the tracks we didn't get to talk about unfortunately we didn't get to talk about them but you'll get to hear them they're all great and uh hopefully we'll have him back on the podcast at some point when he has less going on and he has more time to talk (laughs) anyhow gonna start off with a track from juju's new record zionic mud the track is called bleck uh, it's out in January. We talk about it a little bit on or during the interview. So, yeah, peep it out. I hope you all enjoy it. I hope you enjoy this episode of the podcast. And I look forward to seeing you at Desert Days this year in October. All right. Peace. <laughs>
What's up, man? Hey, buddy. How's things? Good to see you. Yeah, you too, man. Man, yesterday was, or like the last 20, well, the last like 48 hours were rough, man. It was like late nights and early mornings, like yeah. right back to back to back. Oh, I'm sure, man. Yeah. I can imagine it. Like um, I get done with stuff at like five or six, things start slowing down and I check in with Joey. AM like, or PM? PM. And then, um, <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, you got a minute? And I'm like, all right. And then we start working on space agency stuff. Of course. And then I go back and then like at the end of the night, I go on my email and I try to get ahead of the game on space agency. Yeah. And then I, before I know it, it's like two or three and I'm like, yeah, and then you got to get back up early in the morning, I'm sure, to start over again. Yep. Well, Phil, you did this to yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. It's I a bad, it. it's bad problems, or it's good problems to have, you know what I'm saying? It's true. It's there's good, worse, it's there's it's worse problems. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, it's good. It'll all even out eventually. I mean, Joey's a godsend. I mean, we're going to see so much more get done with Joey around, I mean... Yeah, he's been great. Yeah, Joe's good. He, I mean, he comes from William Morris, which is like the biggest agency ever. Okay. And uh, he was Robbie Fraser's assistant, who's like Queens of the Stone Age, Jack White. Like, he's like, he's a badass. He knows. That's what's up, man? Yeah, he knows. He knows how the business is really run. Cool. Whereas, you know, I'm just a dude in a band that's always booked shows. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and it's I'm more along the way, but I'm not. I'm not institutionalized like him. You know, it's good. It's yeah, mix. Give you some structure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Word, man. Well, the fucking lineup looks dope for Thanks, Desert man. Days because you are Phil. How do you say your last name? Peroni. Peroni. R R O N E. That's what I thought. I just didn't want to pronounce it wrong. Yeah, on yeah. The, uh, oh. On the podcast, I figure it was better for me to just ask <laughs> publicly. <For sure. laughs> Since I've you known you for how many years? I mean, come on. It's okay. You don't need to know how to my last name. I know you love me. It's true. I just see it on the email, you know? Yeah, that's right. And everybody in my whole life has said Perone. So at this point, I'm like immune to being annoyed. I'm just like, yeah, sure. That's what you could call me. Perone no Loke. Perone Loke. <laughs> that's your rap name. That's right. Um... Yeah, man. So yeah, the the Desert Days, the full lineup just came out. It's looking yeah. awesome. Thank you. You got old Saggy, Saggy Iggy on there. Old That's Saggy right. Skin. I got the Iggs. Um, yeah, man. It's uh, it's a little unreal. Yeah. How did? Just to kind of start out, like, how did that? How did that come about? How'd you? How the fuck do you get Iggy pop for a goddamn festival? That's a good question. And I wish I had a better story. <clears throat> I wish it was something magical. Um, <laughs> like we met at some crazy party or something, but uh, we did not. Um, <laughs> it was really the boring, like, you know, well, okay, I'll say this. We wanted Iggy Pop to headline for a few years. Yeah, of course. And his agent um, is like an old school badass, like one of those agents that you don't even know them, but you're kind of scared of them already. <laughs> Yeah. And um, so she's always ignored us for the most part, because I I guess up until this point, we were were probably something you would ignore at her level. Um, Yeah. And I don't know, man. I mean, you know, the last four or five years have been steady growth in the right direction and more and more people becoming aware of it. And 
So this time we were persistent. We asked again and again and again. And this time they were like, yeah, we're open to it. You guys wow. need to do X, Y, Z. And uh, we figured it out. And um, and he said yes. And we couldn't, we couldn't believe it. I mean, I was waiting for one of their people to like hit me up and be like, ah, oh, no, we're just fucking with you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. I mean, he and seems like a cool said, dude, but I mean, he's he's such an entity at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's kind of yeah. untouchable royalty type status. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he he exists in a realm in my mind that like you don't think you're gonna meet the people that are in that realm. You yeah, know, you don't totally. think you're gonna work with those people. You know, you don't think you're gonna host those people. It's kind of unreal. Um, but with that said, as, as unattainable as he seems, he's been – him and his team have been like a dream to work with. Everything we've asked for or requested or suggested, mm -hmm. they're all for it. They're like, yep, that sounds cool. Yeah. You want to wow. use a song in the, in the video? Yeah, totally. We're like, wow. dude, there's so many like young bands with their heads up their butt. Like They're like, oh, what's uh, what's the licensing on that? You know, and you're like uh – -huh. Like, well, it's a baby festival. We don't have a whole lot of money to license your track for 15 seconds in this video. Yeah, totally. Uh, and Iggy was just like, yeah, yeah, you could use Lust for Life. You can use Search and Destroy. We're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. That's, that's dope that he's at the place that he can make those calls and doesn't have to be like, oh, yeah, like this master is owned by so-and-so and we have sure. to blah, 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 blah. Sure. That's awesome. Yeah, I guess when you get to Iggy's... Uh, the wherever he's at, you know, like yeah, the game changes a little bit, probably, you know. I'm sure it changes a lot. I mean, all yeah. I ever see interviews is him in a mansion drinking wine, nerding out about things. Yeah, yeah. Hey, as he should, man. At 71, yeah. you know, I think he's deserved one of the it. Things, uh, one of the things that was the X Y Z that I was talking about was like his travel, you know. Uh huh. And you know, it's travels. It's a special arrangement. Um, you got to fly in private jet to the to the festival grounds. Like you got to make a runway at, at on Joshua Tree. <laughs> yeah, we have to build. We have to build an airport at the festival. Actually, <laughs> he he took it one step further because he. he uh, oh, shit. But yeah, man. You know, he's seventy one. You know, so he's yeah. gonna roll a certain way. You know. Yeah, for sure, man. In a wheelchair. That's right. <laughs> Wheelchair up to out. the stage. Lose their shit. <laughs> he's going to ride gonna the crowd, He's going to ride the wheelchair over the crowd like he used to stand on him. That's right. <laughs> no, dude, that dude is indestructible, dude. I, I mean, No, man. I've been watching, man, all year like he's been blowing people away all year at festivals and his headline shows like just blowing people's minds, man. He just did FYF, right? Is that one? Is that the one? Yeah, and people are crazy about it here in LA. People yeah. will not shut up about it. It's and I wow. get it. I mean, as they should, they're talking about it for over a week now. Well, that's exciting, man. Very exciting. Yeah, the it's a it's solid, man. Congratulations on that. I know you've been working your ass off. Thank you, thank you, man. It you know it 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 really came together the last two years, and uh, this year was a little bit tough because. Um, uh, there's just a lot of reasons, but we um, got kind of a late start. Yeah. And uh, and there are so many festivals out there, man. It is like the whole festival bubble is totally bursting, you know? Yeah. What do you 
I, as someone who is involved in that in in your capacity, what do you think? What do you see for the future of that? Because it seems like you you know things can only go so high before there's you know some type of burst. Yeah, and I agree. I just wonder what the future of that is going to be because it seems like it's what people want. Like if people want to go to this destination where they're, you know, kind of removed from society and there's this like kind of free aspect and the music and all these things that kind of come along with it. But right. like how 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 sustainable is it in a long term thing? I don't know. I don't I, I don't mean to take it on that level, I guess, but no, I'm just totally. curious. I, I love this subject. Um, it, I think uh, across the board, it's not sustainable. Yeah. I think you know, a small few have cornered a market or something, or a small totally. few have uh, carved out a place for themselves. And for they sure. do it They do it extremely well. Like, you know, we're in Southern California, and I think, you know, the most probably, maybe not the big, it's not the biggest, but it's the most successful is Coachella, you know? And mm-hmm. they do it right. Say what you will about them and whatever. I mean, look, it's a, big huge festival they can't they can't book like they used to you know they've, yeah. they've got a certain game they've got to play um but that all that aside uh their experience and the festival's operation and cleanliness and functionality is top-notch and i think uh across the board big festivals are not that way i yeah. think across the board festivals cut corners they're they're over they're under they're understaffed they're overstressed. They yeah. don't have the ticket sales. Uh, it ends up feeling like a refugee camp. What was it that one up- that Ja Rule had? The the fire oh, or whatever? No. The- that's the- a horse <laughs> of color, dude. I mean, that's not even... Don't put that in the same category. I know. I had to say it, though. You said refugee camp, and I was like, wait, Firefest or whatever? <laughs> oh, my God. Only uh, that. That is what could go wrong. Like, okay, I keep saying this, like, the music festival world, more and more each year, like there's like restaurateurs and venture capitalists that are like, let's start a music festival. Yeah, of course. You yeah, know? it's like and it's the hot new like, thing. It's what. Yeah, and that's the place it's coming from. You know, yeah, for like sure. there's going to be zero care about the aesthetic or the cohesiveness or the audience. You know, they don't care. The audience yeah. are numbers to them. You know. Um, so that sucks, you know, that that's the experience people are going and having. Because here's the bottom line, dude. Like, Yeah, that, I feel like that's going to that's gonna what that type of attitude going in, if you're starting a festival with that type of attitude, that's really what is going to basically help burst the bubble. You know what I'm saying? Because exactly. It's, I mean, yeah. yes. Yes. And you know what happens? The bottom line is that for the majority of people, they're going to go to one festival in their lifetime. Yeah, you know, they're not, for sure. like there's not a lot of return customer base unless you're offering like a profound experience. You know, you, totally. you can't just offer bands in a parking lot with porter potties. Like no one's going to want to come back to that over and over and over again. You know, I mean, yeah, some that's... people that are like music, like aficionados, those people, the first people in line, the people that camp out people for records and, and that that crowd, which is a minor, minority, they will come. Or but, the or the crowd that's like maybe has porta potty fetish, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like the freaks. Yeah. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, those people they love music. Yeah, they, they love music. Festival. The bigger the better. The bigger the better. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I think 
most people go to a big festival, they decide they don't want to do that experience again, so then they label festivals as something they don't like, and yeah. I get it. Yeah. And I think the important thing for for festivals in general, but for Desert Days moving forward, is to make it clear that we're not a festival, you know? We're more of a profound experience, and it's at a venue that's not a parking lot, it's not a field. Um, you've been, you know? It's a oh, yeah, country. it's beautiful out there, man. Yeah. I mean, there's indoor spaces that you can enjoy. There's cottages on site you can stay in. You can't say that about a festival in a baseball stadium parking lot. Yeah, can't say for sure. It, you know? And um, so... I think the future of music festivals is to go more niche, to go more uh, micro. Um, I think it's hard to sustain an 80,000-person festival year in and year out. There And there's so many festivals now that mm. getting a headliner that means something, that's somewhat exclusive, that's exciting that's, and surprising is yeah. nearly impossible. And that's why I think you see all those people doing the, uh, you know, the record, like playing the full record, like Sleep is playing Holy Mountain, right, in its entirety. Yeah. So that type of thing, like to offer a unique experience when things are getting so like over overblown, I guess, to a degree. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, you know, we booked Sleep a long, long time ago, like one of the mm -hmm. first things we booked for this year. And then they popped up in a few festivals that were actually, I probably shouldn't say this, but that are in our radius, you know? So mm -hmm. I hit up the agent and I was like, Hey, <laughs> these festivals are in our radius. And he's like, ah, he just like uh, admitted it. He was just like, damn dude, I, I messed up. And, um, and I was like, well, there's gotta be something that sets it apart. Yeah. You know? totally. And, and so, um, I, I came up with that and, and the band was, was into it. So that's great. You know? Yeah. I was just like, you know what, man, we got to make this special. So, they were they were team players on that and um, that's cool and, and so far like I mean sleep I can say the same thing for sleep as I can for Iggy like their team has been awesome they have been no bullshit mm -hmm. like oh you want us to post on the day you announce done you know like that's and like great. there's baby bands that just like have their heads in their butt and they're like oh we didn't check our email it's like well you know we're all in this together guys yeah no <laughs> I get it I get it man yeah. it's and, and it also like it also goes to show like people that are at that level are at that level for a reason. You know what I'm saying? And you don't get to that level without being on your grind or having someone there to be on their grind, you That's know, right. for you. That's right. Um, so let's talk a little about your band Juju since we're talking about, I just, I guess just the, the segue from sleep. I, so were you a few huge fan of the, like the desert rock thing back in the day? Cause I would, I would, Maybe I don't know that much about it, but I would, I think that I would kind of put an aspect of you guys' vibe into like a desert rock kind of vibe. I appreciate that, and, and I'm I'm glad that's uh, that's what you hear. I mean, I, I always say that, and this is kind of two different forms of desert rock. But Queens of the Stone Age and Chinarwin are like the blueprint for like me as like a musician. Like, I can see and, that and, completely. And, yeah, yeah, and a listener too, like. I mean, that's what I want to hear, and that's what I kind of respond to on like a cellular cellular level. Totally. Um, like Queens of the Stone Age for me, like puts me in hyperdrive, and Tanarwin just puts me in like Zen. You know. I remember and, the first time I heard Tanarwin, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like right? I, I was like blown away. Like I've never heard anything like this in my fucking life. Dude, I think that's like that music represents humanity, like at its like 
core, you know. And like, like the backstory of them, like getting, they were like, what, they, what was it? They were like getting like blues transmissions or something in the desert, and then like started making their own guitars or some shit. Or am I just, or am I like making some shit up? <laughs> no, I don't think you're making some shit up, dude. I don't think they had access to like fenders and shit like yeah. that. I think they were building their own instruments, um, and they they kind of invented their own style of blues guitar playing you know i think it was based on this like slightly hodgepodge instrumentation that they had Mm -hmm. and i and i imagine that the stringing the string uh orientation was slightly different because they certainly use the strings in a different way i mean yeah uh, i have a friend that was like trying to teach me you know desert blues scales and and stuff like that and I, i couldn't wrap my head around it originally i mean it's it's its own thing, and it's totally different than like traditional guitar playing. I mean, which you can yeah. tell from here. But but when you try to make your fingers do it, you really go like, uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It seems like it. It sounds simple. You know what I'm saying? But it's right. like, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so not. <laughs> well, you know, since we're talking about some African shit, should we get into a, a track? I would love to. And uh, so you sent me. Um, a nice selection, man. I'm pretty stoked on this. Thank so, you. The Hikers, is that how you pronounce it? I think so. I would assume so. I mean, I don't know. Um, but I want to break through is off that uh, Nigeria special compilation that came back a few years back. I remember just uh, when all the represses started coming out of like the Zamrock stuff and like all this shit, and I was just like, wait, what? This music exists? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Right? It's like everything I want in yeah, life. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck? There's a psychedelic African Black Sabbath that yep. is by the name Witch. I was like, what the fuck is all this? Dude, Witch. Oh, man. I just you... bought um, one of their records on vinyl at Permanent Records. Shout out. Um, and, uh, <laughs> dude, I was so stoked. I was like, you guys got this? And they're like, yeah, we got this. And I was like, well, all right. You know, my buddy is helping the main guy, uh, my buddy Gio from Italy is helping the, the main guy, I can't remember his name, but get Witch back together. And with, so, so, um, what? what's the, what's the dude from the Netherlands the, um, that plays the Baroque kind of psychedelic stuff? He's on oh, uh, Trouble Jocko? in Mind. Yeah, Jocko Gardner is playing with this dude in the band and they're doing some festivals in uh in europe right now so that might be something for the the future (laughs) making a note right now that's yeah that's you got to make a note for that i'd be happy to link you up with him too Please, please uh yeah he's doing a documentary he's he's been traveling down to uh to Africa and working with this dude, like going through tons of archive footage and all this stuff, trying to like put this documentary together called uh, "We Intend to Cause Havoc." Plug. I'm, a, I'm a, I gotta plug that. But yeah, they're playing. They're playing Liverpool this year. And I, are they playing Levitation France? No, they're not playing Levitation France. They're playing Liverpool though. So the witch on Liverpool Psychfest lineup is the witch from Africa. Yeah, it's the dude. From the band, and then like, and Jacko like put together a backup band for oh, them. Oh wow, that's yeah. respect. That is cool. Yeah, it's real sick, man. That is real sick. But yeah, I'd be happy oh. to link you link you up with him for the future or whatever. So you know, because yeah, they want to get over here. They want to get over here uh, to the states for sure. One hundred percent. But sign yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I said sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hell yeah. Well, let's check this uh, hiker's track out, and then um, we'll carry on. Okay, sounds good. desert today for like four or five days actually to the site or just I'll be, at the, I'll be at the site from today until friday evening and okay. then on friday night i go to the ace in palm springs because uh la witch are playing oh sick yeah and um i hit up jen because we do it we do a monthly at the ace and i was like yo can you see if i can get a, a discounted room at the ace on friday uh-huh. i'm just gonna stay out there for LA Witch. she comes back and she goes the ace said they can comp you a room. I'm like, dude, that's what? so bad. So I'm, I like invited a bunch of friends, and we're going to go down there and get wild for my birthday. I was just going to say happy birthday. I noticed that uh, on Facebook that it uh, yeah. that it said it was your birthday, and I meant to mention that initially but forgot. 
no so, worries. Happy no worries. birthday, thank dude. You. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That'd be yeah. cool, man. Desert birthday. Yeah. 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 Nice, yeah. man. Yeah. Julie and Mira are on tour, and uh, they're on tour with Blondie and Garbage at the moment. It's fucking crazy. Whoa, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, so let, let's talk about that for a second. So you got the band Juju. Your wife right. has the band Deep Valley. Right. And so have you taught your kid to play guitar yet? Like, how she, old's your child? <laughs> she, she's she's 20 months, but um, she's a drummer, man. She plays the drums. Just like a mama. Yeah, just like a mama. Um, Julie played uh, a show at eight months pregnant. That that was that's how late she was playing shows. Wow. Yeah, we that saw kid Sa- came out banging bongo drums, dude. Kid totally. was like smacking the placenta on the way out, dude. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, dude. And we took her to see Mets and Soons at like nine months, and like right at right when she was about to burst, pretty much. Oh man, I bet those those tones from Soons were just like those deep, fucking oh, deep yeah. bass tones and shit. Oh yeah, that kid oh, yeah. was probably oh, like, that- what's happening? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So Mets, Soons, and Savages, and Deep Valley, is, and is and Juju essentially is what she was like raised on in the yeah. womb. And um, she's wild, dude. She's really good at the drums. That's she's, awesome. She, act, she actually hits the different drums and the cymbals, and like she's making a pattern, you know? Yeah. She, she she's not just hitting willy nilly, like you know. It's interesting, and uh, so she she has a little drum kit. We bought her a little drum kit. That's cute. Really, like best ninety dollars I think we've ever spent. Like it's a it's a tiny little kid kit. Yeah. But it's made well, it's like an Italian company. We got it on Amazon. What? And, uh, That's sick. Yeah, it's pretty tight. I want to record with it. It sounds good. It, like, yeah, it dude. Get her, get her in there early, man. It's like I'll see. Like I I I try to get my nephews like musical instruments and stuff like that to kind of just be like, eh, come on. Eh. But my brother's like big video game head. So they just play video games all the time. I tried to get them skateboards and shit. They just want to play video games all the time. I'm like, come on guys, come yeah. on. <laughs> Keep trying though. I think, I think that all that stuff's going to come around full circle. Right. So I feel like, you know, that generation is going to hit full like saturation with the internet. Right. Where they're just going to be like, probably getting shit in their eyes and, and, and chips and all that stuff. Oh, but yeah. Then it's going to revert at some point where someone's going to come up with a skateboard or a football or a guitar, and they're going to be like, Look, yo, let's go outside and do something. And someone's going to be like, yeah, that sounds like, great. You know, augmented reality seems way cooler outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We got to get out of the pod for a second, guys. Like, we got to get out of the pod. I mean, maybe into a dystopian fucking wasteland, but nonetheless, at least they'll be outside. That's what I was going to say. That <laughs> might be the only thing that keeps us from going outside, man. We need to keep it good outside so people can go outside later. Oh, so I this we were talking about the festival earlier, and this is something that I was think I've been thinking about from working with Levitation and shit, and just like the aspect of like the amount of trash that festivals can produce. Yeah, and like what type of like I mean, you guys are fucking hippies. So, and I say that with like all due respect, like I've considered myself a big old hippie too. So, and I know that you think about this type of stuff, like, you know, what, what, like what's the carbon footprint and like, do you know of companies that are really trying to like push like economically, uh, and eco-friendly viable aspects to help festivals? You know what I'm saying? Like there's a ton. Yeah. yeah. And, and, And there's a lot of regional ones, but, um, 
the two that we're partnered with are uh, Global Inheritance and Zero Hero. And um, I'll talk a little bit about both of them. So Zero Hero is really cool, man. Like they've come up with a really efficient and uh, uh, a really good um, trash program. So instead of just having trash cans everywhere, they, mm -hmm. they put them inside. It's basically like a pop-up tent, like a, like a camping tent. Yeah, then, yeah. You guys hey, had them last year, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they, you know, they fashioned them so they have holes in them. And the trash cans are positioned where the holes are. And there's dividers so that even if you miss the trash can, it's in that divider. Totally. And there's trash side, recycling side. And I think there's a few other depending on – they have different sized ones, I think. And um, and then so they're there on site with us. They have like a five-man team or something. And then we have uh, like a greening team on our on our festival staff um it's it's not very big at the moment but uh it's it's like three or four guys and a bunch of volunteers mm -hmm. and they've got golf carts and little um trailers and and they just work with zero hero to, to just maintain the property and, yeah because uh, that's got to be stressful man like in terms of like the where you guys are located in joshua tree like sure. this beautiful fucking nature and it's just like like, you know, I think about like uh, like um, Burning Man, how like uh, when they're like on the plier or whatever, like it's mm -hmm. like that shit has got to be left like cleaner mm -hmm. than it was when they got there or whatever. Yeah. And man, and it, it takes just, like a whole month. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. crazy, man. Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah. yeah, I wonder and I thought about that, too. It's like, how can we make like compostable like beer cups more accessible and cheaper to, you know what i'm saying like all these things to like i feel like there's such a lane for that you know because i right. think a lot of people that go to music festivals especially more like alternative or indie like are are concerned with the environment you know what i'm saying like sure, to a degree absolutely. you know what i'm saying I, that's a broad brush stroke but for the most part i would say that most of the people that like alternative music probably t tend to want to recycle and compost and do all that type of thing as much as they can yeah, totally. I, I think so, too. I think, you know, what you were saying before about, like, different technologies and, and more recyclable, you know, uh, cups and things of that nature, that's one part of it. But another part of it is people doing their part in not throwing that cup in the trash, you know, throwing that cup in the compost or throwing that cup in the recycling or wherever it needs to go. And um, so people need to be responsible. Yeah, and, it's a personal responsibility, too, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people uh, in this day and age definitely want to. And I, and I think we're heading in the right direction. I, yeah. I really do. I think. Um, but we're not there totally yet. Uh, and, I, and I think that, uh, you know, uh, last year, we were really, really lucky, man. I, I was worried because it's a, it's a beautiful site and it's a beautiful neighborhood and it's a really conscious neighborhood mm -hmm. and uh and and us as producers we're conscious but there's you know five thousand other people that uh you know we have to work with yeah. to, to make sure we follow through on that and everybody really just nailed it last year you know like and i think it's the kind of environment and the kind of festival and the kind of venue that calls for it you know people aren't going to try and like litter around these like beautiful su succulent gardens you know and these beautiful they fucking better not man because yeah. i did i did like i remember like the first day i saw like a piece of trash on the ground and i was trying to do like you know because we were back in that back area with the dj booth and like i was like okay there's some trash i'll go throw it away but it's just like i just wanted to see a motherfucker throw some trash on the ground in that place 
so I could right. just yoke them the fuck up and be like, "What? <laughs> what are you doing right now? Yeah. Like, do you understand? Hey, like, where you are? Like, come yeah. the fuck on." Yeah, I don't know. that's the thing. Like that. That's that's another thing I'm so grateful about is like the place Desert Days happens is the kind of place where you get there and you go, "Okay, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah." You know, like it puts you in a certain zone. Oh, yeah. you know? And, you know, when you're in a parking lot surrounded by a chain link fence, it's going to put you in another zone, you know? Yeah, I mean, when you're, you know, I, 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 it's definitely way easier for people to, when they're in like a environment where they're like, oh, yeah, someone's going to clean this up, you know, like to right. think about it less, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, come okay. on, man, like everybody make the, make the, uh, yeah. I don't know, public service announcement. Don't be littering yeah. at the festival, you fucking yeah. assholes. Yeah. <laughs> if you're coming to Desert Days, you know, just just be cool, man. Just be cool because yeah, everyone on, else man. there is being cool. So just be cool. Yeah, don't don't go around just trying to pick up certain things that you find on the ground. Let's pick up the That's trash right. as well. That's right. Um don't chip in. Yeah. Uh let's see. Shall we keep it moving with uh another cut? Yeah. Let's from do it. From the God. Uh, so this oh, is the man himself. The the man with the his source. The source. This yeah. The source. This is maybe. I'm gonna go on record and saying that this is my favorite rock and roll song ever made. Fuck yeah. Uh, and it, I think it's the best rock and roll song ever made. Maybe besides like Bo Diddley song or something, which they definitely uh you know ripped the drums from. But why would you not? Amen. Uh, but this track is 1969 from the Stooges, obviously, that, like, starts off their first record. Sorry, I'm trying to, like, multitask and, like, bring up this link while I'm praising it. But, yeah. What's your, what's your like, kind of, like, memory, like, first hearing the Stooges, first kind of getting exposed to it, like, what it, what it kind of, how it spoke to you. Cause I mean, this shit, this record to me, like I had heard Iggy before I heard the Stooges, you know what I'm saying? Right. And, uh, my dad, he grew up in the Midwest, so he's seen the Stooges like back in the right. day and stuff like that. So he'd tell me about it. And, but I, you know, I knew Iggy and then like I heard this and I was like, whoa, wait, 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 wait a second. What the fuck is this? And it changed so, everything, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, he's, he exists in my mind in, a, in an area in my mind that that the the, the folks in that area you, you don't you don't meet those folks. Yeah, those folks are on some like weird like you know plane you know that like they exist in a plane to like shine down on everybody you know like rock <laughs> gods is what they call them. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I knew of Iggy Pop before I had heard Iggy Pop. And I had mm -hmm. heard him speak before I had heard his music. Because he was like, you know. I think I saw just, him in a movie in the 90s or some shit. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like He was just an influential figure in the 80s yeah. and 90s, right? So, um, and then and then I grew up, you know, all the kids that were like three or four years older than me that kind of like influenced what I listened to as like a 12 and 13 year old. Um, and took me to my first punk rock shows. Everything was about punk rock, you know. Everything mm -hmm. was about, um, you know, uh, East Bay hardcore and um, old school punk and, and stuff like that, and the specials and stuff like that. Totally. And so, so the Stooges were like something that I knew about, but never heard. And just the name, the Stooges, sort of exuded something in that context. 
So like just like the Misfits or something or something else of the, mm-hmm. of that uh, Black Flag or whatever else, like it was this iconic like, holy shit, you know. Yeah, yeah. I got a little bit older. Um, that's you know well obviously like probably the same thing that you were referring to like um, as a young person hearing Iggy Pop you know music you know he's got like his certain hits throughout the nineties and you know. Um, well, I remember Lust for Life being. Right. Kind of brought back into the mainstream with the movie, the train spotting movie. Yep. And, yep. you know, that having the like old Bo Diddley rhythm and like kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like yep. you hear the music and you're just like, it's so informed correctly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and he's worked with some, you know, the best Bowie and stuff. You know, the Bowie Iggy Pop stuff is like uh, really special. And, um, and, oh, and, dude, it's amazing. You know what yeah. I've been really fucking with lately is New Values. You fuck with that record at all? Uh, I don't think I've heard that one. I need to check that out immediately. Man, it's 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 around that time period of The Idiot, maybe a little later. I think maybe 78, 79. And it's just like super funky, like post-punk, that, that kind of vibe. I highly yes. recommend it, man. Highly recommend awesome. it. But anyhow, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to no, uh, yeah. deviate. Well, you know, I think it really came, it really blossomed with my friend Jen, who is uh, the assistant talent buyer for the festival. I met Jen. Yeah, I met Jen uh, last year. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, Yeah, she's one of my best friends in the whole world. She's my sister. I mean, I've known her uh, since we were like 12 and 13 in junior high, and we were friends immediately. Immediately we were friends. And um, we just made each other, we just cracked each other up, man. And uh and she was dating um, one of the guys in the band that I was touring with for like eight years when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. So we were just living through all that life together, you know? Yeah. And then after that whole whole thing ended and, and Moonblock started, she she was around and she was like, do, do, do you want help at this thing? And she helped once and it was just like, we just talked about her being like a, like a serious part of the company. But anyway, uh, her and her husband, Troy, Troy plays in an amazing band called Death Hymn Number no. 9. Shout out. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They're great. Yeah. And um, and they just they just are aficionados of Iggy Pop. So in the last, like, 10 years, you know, um, it's really fully blossomed for us, uh, really learning uh, his whole catalog and, and just kind of, I don't know, just watching videos on YouTube and just becoming, like, bona fide, like, really big fans of this dude. Like, and, uh, and you know what? Like, this new record that he made, like, is so good. Like, I've listened to it so much lately over the last few weeks. The record he made with Josh Homme, like... Yeah. It, dude, for them... I don't know, man. I'm just... He's a constant uh, exception to the rule, you know? Yeah. And God so, bless God bless Iggy Pop. Yeah, dude. And he just shows us that, like, literally anything you want to do is possible. Uh, it's going to take a lot of of hard work but it's possible yeah, <laughs> yeah and uh you're gonna have some dark times as well <laughs> and you can come back dude. And you can come back strong yes if iggy can come back god damn it we all can well let's listen to this goddamn song 1969 by the stooges best rock and roll song ever made i'm amen. saying it for the record amen All 
say though oh i was just gonna mention that if i'm ever looking down at my phone during the breaks it's just because it's an extremely busy morning and um yeah dude, and i'm getting more text it. than usual it's just people saying happy birthday which is really nice 
But every time my phone buzzes, I think something's wrong. <laughs> like best put that shit. Put that shit on vibrate for a second, man. Oh, it's on vibrate. It's oh, because just... it was dinging. It was dinging throughout the uh, interview. Oh, I thought. yeah. Fuck. Sorry, dude. Um, that's it doesn't matter, man. Yeah. Let me. Let me. Let me quit out of iMessage for a minute. That it doesn't really fun. matter, but it's like you know, I, I this shit is pretty low brow, so I don't really give a fuck about that type of stuff. Sure. Everybody knows that people's phones ding. Yeah, and you know what? You know, people probably assume I'm a busy guy, and that, yeah, that we, maybe that you know confirms it, and they're like, "Yeah, I knew it. I knew he was busy." <laughs> <laughs> we don't want people thinking out people out here thinking that you're not working, Phil. So if you want to keep Seriously, the dings yeah. on your phone, you know. That's- we gotta, we gotta keep that going. Um, <laughs> I, it's his fucking birthday, man. He's not hitting me back. I know he's just out drinking a margarita. Like, <laughs> what the fuck, man? He hasn't yeah. hit me back in thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, I, I try. I try to get back to people ASAP, just to keep things moving. You know, I like things to move. I don't like yeah. Um, I feel bad if I like let like an email like slip by the wayside for more than like the because you know there's obviously like there's a hierarchy of what needs to be attended to in all realms of life you know what I'm saying you got to prioritize obviously but it's it's like there's something in me that I'm just like if I go back and I see that I didn't respond to somebody I'm like oh fuck like I feel like a crazy person you know what I'm saying I'm like but then it's like how do you do that all the time? You know what I'm saying? When you have so yeah. much to fucking deal with. Someone pulled my card the other day. Uh, w- one of the people on the site ops team. For uh-huh. Desert Deals, and uh, it was like two days later. And, and I was like, I got back to him. He's like, he's like, I waited 24 hours. Then I made a decision. And I was like, as you should. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, there you go. Keep it moving. No, go man. Well, that's the type of people you want on your team too. Right. The people yeah. that are going to be like, okay, and are going to be informed enough to make the right decisions and do it when, when necessary. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's good. You know, when people take initiative and it's the right move, that's when you know you've got somebody that, like, you know, you can depend on, you know? For sure, man. For sure. So, that's really important. Yeah, it seems like you guys got a lot of fucking great people working with you. The and festival's seemed- magnet for it, man. It, it just, people the best people I've ever met, I've met through this festival. Yeah. You know, whether they're musicians or production people or administrative people, um, you know, uh, we, we are lucky, man. We've got a lot of really good people with a lot of heart and soul. People that, you know, put a lot of love into it. I, I have found that just in terms of, and this is maybe a loose, like a pretty blanket statement, but the scene... Like, uh, if you want to say the psych rock scene, which is so, it's so, it's like even a useless term at this point because it's like all sorts of shit. I guess underground kind of music scene or whatever. People our age that are kind of came up in the DIY scene, punk scene, whatever, and then are now doing things, uh, especially with Levitation, you guys, like a lot of tons of fools in Europe, like all the, like so many amazing human beings. Like, I have literally, on, I yes. could count on two hands assholes that I've met yes. while dealing with like being involved in this type of uh, quote unquote scene. Like, that's crazy to me because <laughs> I think most people are assholes and then I'm proven wrong on a daily basis. 
Yeah, and and you know what? Just to kind of the the flip side of what you just said about you've only you can count two assholes. I can count countless times where people have risen above, mm-hmm. and I've seen it with my own eyes. Like conflict happen and people rising above it. Yeah, and squashing it. You know, yeah. and uh, and I you know what? I draw a parallel between the psych scene and the beat scene, the uh, the heady beat scene, uh-huh. like uh, like the low end theory. Here totally, in Los totally. It's a mindful crowd. Yeah. It's a it's a mindful, loving crowd that maybe, you know, have uh, had the right exposure to the right environments over their uh, formative years that have made them peaceful, compassionate, open-minded, um, multi-perspective having people. Yeah, you plus, uh, you know, the weed in California tends to make you not too uh, much of an asshole. It's, it's hard to be a jerk when you're stoned out of your mind and you're confused about everything. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, (laughs) I think about that, man. Like I'll be smoking and I'll just be like, I'll be like, how can I be mad right now? Because I don't even understand what's happening in life. (laughs) It's like, I don't have any control over anything. How can I be an asshole? That's one way for sure. And you know, I don't know. Everybody, uh, everybody's, I think, I think, uh, I think I can speak from for all of my friends and, and colleagues when I say that I think we're just, you know, we're we're tired of, of you know, people trying to solve things with aggression yeah. and uh, and negativity and, and uh, jump into the worst possible conclusion. Um, we've had a, you know, little inside little motto for years is no problems, only solutions, you know, yeah. to quote. Mr. John Lennon, uh, you know, you got to approach life that way. Sometimes, you know, you got to because shit goes wrong, <laughs> like like life and, and, and in general. But like especially putting on a festival is damage control. Nothing goes according to plan and you can't expect it to. And you can't be mad when it doesn't. You just have to like. All right. Let's let's figure it out. <laughs> yeah, this this is the issue in front of us. This how do we, you know, Critically analyze it and move forward with the right decision. It's, it is, it is good, man. Like when you, I feel like when you put yourself into positions to where your things are going to be difficult, like throwing a festival, like, and you're just like, you know that you're like, okay, we're going into this. This is going to be difficult. Like it's not going to be a cakewalk. I feel like it strengthens you. You know what I'm saying? Like when you actively approach, it's like it's like you know you if you're working out, you know you have to you have to damage your muscles so they grow back stronger. And I think that it's like a metaphor, like you know psychologically, you go into stuff, you actively approach things that are difficult, and you come out better for it. And I think that's like you know you talk about like or like I was saying like DIY tour scene stuff. You know you you go out on the road like and it's rough. Yep. And it makes you a better person, you know, because you're you're faced with adversity and you figure out how to, you know, step up when it's time. That's exactly right. I like I like your analogy of 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 muscular growth, you know, because you have to in order to grow uh, the, the festival or uh, as a person. I love these parallels we're drawing, drawing between a festival and a person. But well, it is. It's all related, man. I mean, when yeah. it comes down to it, you know, but yeah. go ahead. Sorry. Challenge yourself is what I'm mm-hmm. trying to say. You, know, you have to, you have to put the marker far enough ahead, a little bit further than where you put it last time. You know, you got to jump a little bit farther this time, you know? Yep. Um, yeah, that's what it's all about. 
And it's cool, man. It's cool. It's cool to see. And like, I I feel so blessed to have like um, landed where I've landed with levitation, and you know this this whole scene. It's it's pretty. It's been life changing, man. Like just to kind of get a good dose of uh, good humanity, you know, good yeah, people. Man. Yeah, it's it's nice. And not like I'm super cynical or anything, but it's you know, right. it's it's easy to get cynical in this world you know oh in the music industry yeah oh yeah <laughs> oh, yeah yeah a little bit a little bit maybe <laughs> and uh, maybe there's a bit of uh like na- naivety naivety i don't know how you say that word uh to my maybe i maybe i've been just real lucky maybe when i move to la i'll just like just be tur- turned into like the most jaded asshole ever <laughs> LA, la has a, a an expedited way of uh <laughs> of, of uh you know Strengthening and toughening your skin. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. It was a, it was a pretty easy in San Francisco because everyone's just like, oh yeah, peace and love, man. For sure, but, it's tough uh, here sometimes, but yeah. not not in our particular community. Yeah, you know, everybody's pretty cool on the east side and um, on the super super west side. That's that's what we always, we keep forgetting about the west side. Sorry, west side. Like we love you. Like there are so many good people in you know, Culver city and Venice and, and, you know, all those areas over there, Yeah. you know, I, I just, I don't know. And like, um, Topanga and, you know, all those places, like, um, one of our, um, uh, one of our, uh, artist relations staff, Katie K, she lives out in Topanga and she, you know, she was telling us that she's like, man, there just needs to be more stuff out here. Cause there, there's the people, the people, yeah, yeah. It's just not anything. So anyway, but. Yeah, no, no, it's true, but uh, you know, it's it's hard to get around in that motherfucker, dude. It's like you kind of like once you get into an area, it's like daunting to even consider going to another area of that town. That's like, you know, maybe it could be a half hour drive, maybe it could be a two hour drive. Right, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's really spread out, and then the public transportation sucks. And it's I'm not the first to ever point that out, but um, yeah. you know it. It's not conducive to getting around and experiencing different parts of it, especially if you don't have your own wheels. And even if you do, yeah, you know, it's pretty uh, discouraging to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to go sit in two-hour traffic to go 15 miles, you yeah. know, to go eat something. You know, <laughs> so, so we're not going to do that. You know, I, uh, I I am stoked to get over there, though, because uh, I don't know. I think I told you that I'm planning on moving there, like, uh, early next year. Just got to be back in Cali. I mean, if you told me a lot of things have gone into my brain and that somehow fell out, but I'm so excited to to, to re-experience hearing that news. Well, here we are. We're experiencing well, it now. Well, for, yeah. Again, for the first time. Again, for the first time. <laughs> I've said that a lot. But I was, I, you know, I was just there. I was hanging out with the uh, Cosmonauts when I was there, and they live down in the, um, in the Skid Row area. And I was like... <laughs> Those guys. I know. I was like, you know what? I, like, I love Austin. But man, like the grime factor that I was used to, like living in SF and then like be it like CNLA and stuff, I was just like, man, I miss this. I miss the grime. <laughs> Which is well, like, you know, no, yeah, no, man, absolutely. it's you crazy. Don't, it's just crazy don't for it, you know. I don't know. Just, I just, like, it, it's familiar. It is. It is, man. It is. It really is, and it's it's something I miss. I'm looking forward to. But anyhow. Uh, maybe another song. Yeah, because I pro we. Hmm. 
I gotta get going here shortly, so yeah, we might have to do like a yeah. I know you're. I know you got a million things to do, like drink margaritas on your birthday and shit. You know, you don't want to be doing this podcast interview when you could be chilling. Uh, we got <laughs> emails, and then we gotta hit the road, and then no, uh, no. site visit. Oy. Yeah, you gotta multitask, dude. You gotta have your fun and do the work at the same time. Which is kind of like you know in our in our line of work that's kind of what it is. It's like you're kind of having fun doing the work and doing the work and having fun at the same time, you know. Yeah, um, I enjoy touring and playing the most. Um, oh, really? More than sitting and emailing and. I don't <laughs> like laptops as much anymore. I used to be. I used to be really like, yeah, let's get a bunch of stuff done. Let's work yeah, six yeah. hours. You know, now like when the festival happens and I'm like, oh, I get to be on a golf cart now. Like, yeah, better. This is better than laptop. I've I've seen I've seen the joy that you have when you're riding on a golf cart and your your hair is flowing in the wind. Your beard is free. Yes, that's right. Yeah, it's a happy fill. That's right. Um, The sun is shining on me instead of a laptop shining on me. (laughs) Yeah, instead of the LED screen. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, So Beak. Oh, is the God. next track. Speaking so this God. is a new one. This just came yeah. out like as a single or something. Mm-hmm. So Beak is, uh, what is it? The drummer from Portishead, right? It's is Jeff, that... Jeff Barrow from Portishead, Portishead and, yeah. uh, and some other uh, fine gentlemen and uh, that are just uh, an amazing, I think it's a trio now. Is um, it? Yeah, and I'm just such a big fan. Every Everything they do, like, like, it's pretty much on repeat in the house for Julie and I. We are avid listeners of Beak. Well, the irony is that most of their songs are just on repeat for like four bars. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Which is the That's beauty right. of it. I, do. I remember hearing it and just being like, oh, okay, this is like the new noise. It's the noi noi. I yeah. was like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> this- <laughs> That's right. I like that. Yeah, I I, I remember hearing and because it was like someone was like, oh, this is someone from Portishead, blah blah blah, and then I was kind of expecting like a trip hop kind of thing, and obviously there's those elements, but the yeah. the motoric thing and like that aspect and the weird yeah. kind of like damage synths and all that type of sh- and droney, I was just like, this is kind of perfect music. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> in my yeah. mind, absolutely, absolutely. When did you when did you get turned on to these guys? Um, probably around the time I moved to LA or a little bit after that. Um, you know, uh, I gotta give a shout out to Jeopardy, um, my, my buddy Jeff, um, you know, that first track, the hikers, um, is the result of him turning me on to the Nigeria special stuff, uh, uh, early on. And then I just kept following those compilations and found that track. Um, and Beak is a similar thing. I think, you know, a friend of mine in LA just turned me on to him. And, uh, and ever since I just, I've just been like staying tuned. I follow them on like every social media thing. And I'm like, like whenever they move, I'm like, Oh, they're doing, they're doing this. You know, I'm yeah. like that of a fan. Yeah. Well, they don't do much really, huh? They only play every once in a while, huh? Yeah. 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 Which is a shame. I mean, they're all old farts at this point, I assume, but. Well, we're they're They're going to be coming out to play desert days pretty soon. Hey. We've been talking, and they were... They Explosive! 
they almost they almost came this year, but uh, scheduling conflict with one of the members. He yeah. plays in a group as well. So okay, cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. So this this is uh, the track "Sex Music," which you know I've had this uh, conversation on the podcast before, but I think there needs to be more sex music. Dude, uh, agreed. agreed. You know, yes. It's like, come on, man. Like. You can you can do the yacht rock sounding Mac DeMarco thing. I think it's it's it's, it's pretty sexy music. You know, so girls love that. But I think like good sex, like good seventies sex music is what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. Have you heard Nick Hakim? No. I think you would dig it. I think you would dig it. All right, I'll check it out yeah. when I when yeah. I go back and edit the podcast. I'll make a I'll make a side note to uh, check yeah, it out. It's new. It's new stuff. It's All right. New stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. Good. All yeah. right. Cool. Yeah. All right, so Beak, sex music, let's hear it.
More sex music, people. That was a nice little disco disco boogie. They're yeah, getting man. groovy. Well, they've been yeah. groovy. I don't know what I'm talking about. They're getting groovy. Well, the next song is going to be Portis Head, which is a good segue. But then we're going to, since we have a uh, limited time, I know you got to hop off and go uh, celebrate your birthday slash work um, too much. Yeah, ce- celebrate's going to come a little later. Yeah. Busy, busy day today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. That's that's after the sun goes down, man. When the night comes. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, you crack one beer and take two sips and just pass out. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is all I wanted for my birthday was a nap. Yeah, dude. I'm down. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, so um, what do you guys got coming with Juju? What's what's on um, the, what's on the horizon? Yeah, so sorry, one second. Are you is, are you hearing that in the background? It sounds like something that I don't really care about. It's, I don't. It sounds like someone's vacuuming or something. Yeah, someone's vacuuming. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay, cool. Dude, this is the lowbrow know-how, dude. I don't give a fuck about shit like that. You know. Cool, cool. <laughs> so, I guess I'll answer the question now. Um. So yeah, Juju's got a record coming out um, in January on Dynalone. Okay. And, uh, and yeah, we're going to be touring a lot next year. Um, and we're doing the Desert Days Caravan again. Oh, cool. Yeah. Holler. Yeah. And I think we're doing it in other places, too. I think we're doing it over in Europe, and I think we're doing it in South America. So that's oh, shit. Yeah. Damn, South America, huh? I think so. I think That'd so. That'd be sick, on, dude. Yeah. Hell we're yeah. We're definitely working on Mexico right now. That's that's in the works. Cool. Uh, yeah. Are you working yeah. with the Normal people, the Festival Normal folks at all? Um, we're we're talking to them about doing some stuff together. And, um, okay. We're, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no worries. We're also teaming up with Foro, Indie Rocks, who did that South By thing with us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tight, man. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. That's 2018, I assume. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the Mexico thing might be right before the year ends, but cool. we'll we'll be announcing something about it all pretty soon. Hell yeah, man! Well, that's yeah. exciting. You guys send me the uh, send me the record, man. I'd love to hear it. Oh, definitely. I'll send it to you today. Yeah, cool. Is it all mastered and everything? Yeah, Vinyl Williams mastered it. Oh, cool. I didn't know he did engineering stuff. Dude, that dude's a genius. It. He, does he does it, it all. Well. He does it well. He did one of our videos, too. Um, yeah, man. And we, you know, this record was really fun to make. We we made it uh, all over the place. We recorded with the Lumerians guys up in mm-hmm. Oakland. Yeah. We recorded with uh, Thomas from Mr. Elevator in Echo Park. Uh, recorded with Lionel. Um, one of the tracks is just me and him at Nonplus Ultra. Just like, we did like a loop of the drums. And that's how we like, you know, I had this, you know, I had this guitar part and a drum part. Yeah. And we looped drums. And then we just built everything on top of that. Oh, I know all about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was just me and him in an afternoon at Nonplus. And like, yeah. one of the like little like side rooms we, where we did the drums, you wouldn't think it would sound good. It sounded great. It was like one of, some of the best drum tones on the record. Dude. And um, nothing yeah, like a drum really loop, fun. man. There's nothing like a drum loop. You get Dude, that shit mastered and engineered right, get nice compression on those things. It just feels so nice. It's just like, because it's not, it's not quite perfect. It's got that weird, like, yeah, cut yeah, off Yeah, 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 totally. It's great. It's great. 
Cool, man. <laughs> I'm stoked to hear it. What What's the name of the record? The record's called Zionic Mud. Tight. Awesome, yeah. man. Well, I'll be looking it's forward to that. that. Yeah, bud. Well, yeah, so I guess uh, since we're in the constraint of time, I'm going to go ahead and just kind of put these other songs together like a little uh, playlist, and then I'll let you get out of here, and we'll wrap it up. But, uh, Phil, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate uh, you taking the time to uh, to do this. I know you're a busy boy. No, dude, thank you for having me. It was it was a pleasure and, and a lot of fun. Cool, man. And so here is Portishead's We Carry On. <laughs>
Right. Yeah. So that was Phil Peroni of Juju and Desert Days and Space Agency Booking and those last little clump of tracks started off with Portishead, We Carry On, Nice Silver Apples Vibe, uh, Soons, Paralyzer, Sleep, Dragonaut, Clinic, The Second Line, one of my favorite records ever, Internal Wrangler from Clinic. I remember my buddy played that for me around the time it came out and just changed everything for me. Um, but yeah, I'm so glad that that track was included in there. Boogerin, shout out to the homies Boogerins. Uh, Foi Mal, I hope I'm saying that right. Don't speak Portuguese. Uh, can, I Want More, from when they started going a little more. Disco, Jazz Fusion. And then finally, Funkadelic with Hit It and Quit It one of the greatest rock and roll groups ever uh, on the planet. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. You know, it was a Skype conversation and we were pressed for time, so couldn't get into it like I normally would like to on the podcast. That's the first Skype interview I've done, but I hope it was cool. I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope it got you stoked for Desert Days and just stoked on uh, life in general because it's a beautiful world and life is not so bad. Um, but yeah, I love y'all and thank you for everyone for tuning in and, and checking out the Elevated Transmissions podcast. We'll see you soon. All right. Peace.